morning. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we'll learn why Andrew Kopp of the Winnipeg Jets is helping out with the Winnipeg Pet Rescue Shelter. Also, why a Manitoba Bisons basketball player is holding a fundraiser in memory of her friend who died by suicide a couple years ago and the importance of talking about mental health. Finally, previewing the 4A Girls Provincial High School Basketball Semifinals, which go Thursday night at AGAC. I like saying that on the podcast. So I stumbled across this online recently, a video of Jets forward Andrew Kopp and an adorable puppy. Hi, I'm Andrew Kopp, and this little guy right here is Andrew. And us two would like to announce that we're starting a partnership uh, with the Winnipeg Pet Rescue Shelter with a, with a donation matching campaign up to $10,000. So I'll match any donation up to 10000 and any entry over $250 will win a chance to win Jets tickets for our first playoff home game. So this guy's a little squirmy right now. But anything you can do to help the animals and um, help these guys find homes would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. So I thought, hey, let's talk to Andrew about this. So I went down to Jets practice earlier today. So Andrew, why did you want to get involved with the Winnipeg Pet Rescue? Um, I think it's something that's close to my heart. Um, my family's, our last three dogs have been all rescues um, with some horrible stories behind them. Um, like, for example, the one that we got uh, this past summer, uh, Black Lab, she's just turned one. Um, but they found her in a dumpster in Texas um, at a month old. And, you know, that's that's a really sad story, honestly. So, um, you know, I kind of ran into their page uh, a couple months ago and have had ongoing discussions about, you know what's what's best in terms of fit and um, you know figuring out how to help the shelter as much as possible and felt that this would be a good way to, to give back and um, to to be a, a part of something that I'm really passionate about. Do you have a dog while you're here? Uh, no, uh, Mark is I live with Mark Shifley and um, his place isn't really suited for that and we're on the road so much that I wouldn't uh, I would love one but it just isn't really practical at this point right now. Why is it important that people kind of learn the stories of these animals in the shelter? Well, I think, you know, every, every animal has, you know, a, a story and, you know, learning some of the stories about these animals, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. So um, I think it's, you know, not only, you know, if people donate, like, that's fantastic and, you know, love that, but, um, you know, giving your time or just awareness of, you know, how to treat animals and, um, you know, Treating them with respect is one thing, but you know, not you know, throwing them away or you know, treating them very poorly, just kind of raising awareness for that. So, um, you know, hopefully people can kind of do the right thing going forward. So, um, I would say that's the biggest thing. Did you always have a dog growing up? Yeah, I always had a dog. I had three when I was way younger. Uh, you know, always had two for a while, and then since me and my brother have kind of uh, gotten out of the house, it's turned into one. So. Um, but, you know, dogs have always been a really big part of my life and, um, you know, so, so many pictures and memories with them all that are, you know, kind of fun. So, um, yeah, dogs have always been a really important part of my life. So now that you're away, do you ever get pictures from back home? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my mom sends me pictures of our dog, like, laying in, um, you know, laying around the house. And they're, they're in Florida for most of the winter time, so she'll be sitting by the pool and everything like that and just um, and on the boat and stuff. So, yeah, my mom sends me pictures, you know, at least once a week, which is, uh, you know, kind of keeps me feel like I'm, you know, a part of it a little bit and uh, watch her grow up a little bit. What are your thoughts on cats? 
Oh, I love cats. We had one. It was uh, we rescued one. Um, it kind of showed up at my parents' doorstep, like when I was way younger. So, um, and I love I I loved them. I was um, so I guess we've always been more of a dog family, but um, yeah, I, I I like cats too. You know, any animal really is that's fur really. So I don't, like turtles don't really do it for me, but uh, you know it's. Cat, I, I've got no problem with cats for sure. That's the thing about the pet rescue. It's not just dogs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's you know it's all sorts of animals and mostly dogs and cats in there. But uh, but like there's a waiting list. You know it's a no kill shelter. It's you know nonprofit. So um, yeah, I, I feel really good about you know what we're doing. And so explain again what you're doing to to help out here. Uh, so we have a, a donation campaign um, where. Everyone, everyone that donates in the next month, basically, um, I'll match it up to ten ten thousand dollars, and any donations above two hundred fifty or at two hundred fifty or above, um, will be entered to win tickets for the first home home playoff game. So, um, yeah, it's, it'll be really exciting. Hopefully, we can you know go over ten ten thousand dollars, and um, you know, anxious to meet the people that ended up winning the. Winning the, t- the two tickets for game one, so uh, really looking forward to it. Finally, why, as a pro athlete, why did you feel it's important to give back like this? Well, I, I don't, I don't think it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with me being a pro athlete. It's just me being a, you know, someone who's passionate about, um, you know, you know, the, the rescue shelter, and I've definitely learned a lot about it from my mom. Um, kind of taking, you know, taking the bull by the horns and wanting to, you know, participate in something in the community and. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with me being a professional athlete, just someone that's passionate about, you know, the pets and the, and the shelter and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's a good cause, and I'm, I'm glad that we're able to f- figure something out. Good luck on this. Thank you. On October 12th, 2017, Sarah Ibrahim died by suicide at the age of 21. She was a student at the University of Manitoba working to achieve an economics degree, played basketball growing up, and that's how she met Montana Kinzel and Emily Potter. Kinzel is now playing basketball for the Bisons. Potter played university ball at Utah while spend, and then spent time playing pro ball in Europe before getting hurt. The two have organized a fundraiser dinner for their late friend to be held next month under the banner Sarah Strong. Montana joins me now on the CGOB Sports Show. Uh, Montana, why did you feel it was important to honor Sarah? Uh, Sarah was a very important person to me. She was my best friend. And uh, throughout uh, her death and just looking back on everything, I didn't, I was not fully aware that she was uh, coping with um, mental health and mental uh, problems. And I didn't, I did not understand that. So for me, it was, um, it kind of opened my eyes to, wow, there could be so many more people struggling with you don't even realize. Uh, so throwing this fundraiser, uh, the most important thing is awareness and just uh, helping others become more aware to the fact that there are so many people struggling um, and you don't know about it. And in order for people to get help, uh, other people have to be aware of noticing signs, how to help people, and then people who are struggling need to know where they can go for resources. So you grew up with Sarah playing basketball. Tell me what she was like as a player. Yeah, Sarah was awesome. She was. Uh, we played parental team together, so I met her when I was 13, and um, she was a great player, such a hard worker, always a positive person, uh, just driven, really driven for success, and just a great uh, person to have on your team. 
as a teammate, she was always encouraging you and helping you to get better. So great person overall. And uh, you guys played together at the Canada Summer Games as well? Yes, we did. We did. Uh, our last year of playing, actually, we played together and we won the bronze medal there. So that was highlight of uh, my provincial basketball team success and hers as well. So Now you went on to play at the University of Manitoba. Did she play after uh, or after provincial as well? No, after provincials, she decided that she just wanted to focus on school and working. So she did not continue on with basketball but the option was for sure there for her. Uh, myself, I did continue on, so I'm playing at the U of M. And, yeah, no, we still stayed connected, obviously. Um, but, no, she just decided that she wanted to focus on school and work. So if you don't mind uh, taking me back to 2017 when your friend passed away, you said it was a, a shock. What were the, I guess, the days surrounding her death like? Normal, like I had no clue. So uh, the day of when I found out, um, her sister called me and just asked if I knew where she was, and I had no clue. Um, And it wasn't unusual. Like, we talked almost every day, but I just hadn't spoken to her yet. It was 8.30 in the morning. And so uh, I texted her, called her, no response, no response. So I went out looking, came to the university to see if I could see her car. And uh, I had practice that day, and uh, a couple of the people that are friends with her are on the team as well. And so I remember um, after practice, my phone ringing, and it was her sister. I just walked into the team room, answered the phone, and uh, she told me the news. And I just remember breaking down, crying, and our coach had to take myself and two of the other girls who knew her into her office. And yeah, it was a very tough situation to deal with, but the days leading up to it were normal. Nothing, nothing was different. It was just normal. And that's why it's important then what you're doing, this fundraiser, you and Emily Potter to kind of, you're a very close friend of, of Sarah and, and you didn't know. So I guess what, what do we learn from this experience? Exactly. And, you know, looking back at things, you might think, Oh, this was a red flag or I should have known something this time with this activity you did or how she reacted to something. But the reason why we are doing this is to help people to understand that um, it could be the person next to you who's struggling and you just have no clue. You know, you have to be um, mindful and you have to ask the questions and you have to pay attention to those. And so Sarah Strong um, is more so to indicate, you know, it could be the strongest person and it could be people that seem like they have such a brave face on. They're always happy. They're always outgoing and friendly. It could be that person that's struggling as well. So not to forget that it really could be anyone. And I know I've spoken with Emily before. This is something that's close to her too. She's uh, dealt with depression. She's talked about mental health as well. And so this is obviously mm-hmm. a cause close to her heart too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Emily's such, Emily and I are, great friends and I think it's great to have her helping me with this fundraiser and just she's such a great um, supporter and having her you know be able to talk about her struggles so openly is just amazing and I think having someone as you know well known as uh, successful as she is just kind of help people to start opening up and realize that it's okay to not be okay you know. 
Right, and how you know when we we think about sports, and this conversation has certainly shifted a lot in the last decade or so with a lot of initiatives, but it's still something that maybe we still need to t- keep hammering home that sometimes you just got to admit that you're not okay. Exactly, and um, a big uh, thing that Emily and I stand behind, uh, we stand behind uh, the statement that mental health is just as important as physical health. So, you know, you're always told, okay, how can you keep your body going? How do you improve your your um, recovery? You know, how to eat healthy, how to do all these things physically, but mentally it's just not as talked about. And so for for us, yeah, it's something that we got to let people know about that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to talk about this and we have to start talking about it more and just as much as physical health. So your fundraiser is uh, still a bit away. It's on Thursday, April 25th. Uh, what can people mm-hmm. do if they want to get involved and what uh, will be a part, what will you be having on this formal dinner event? Yeah, so it's April 25th and you know if anyone wants to get involved, we're still reaching out to companies and uh, people but buy tickets. So you can go online to the, our um, website sarahstrong.info um, if they want to reach out to me personally, um, that too, or just offer uh, raffle prize donations or support tickets. We have that option as well. So you don't actually have to attend the event, but you can submit a donation and um, proceeds will go to Canadian Mental Health Association. And then our event. So Sarah was um, a person that, you know, she always liked to be dressed up. She looked good all the time. She was very classy uh, person. And so for the event, we wanted to make it a formal dinner event. So it's at Bergman's on Lombard downtown. And it's going to be, you know, people are, we're, we're going to be wearing dresses and it's going to be kind of dressed up for her because that's how she would have wanted something like this. So uh, definitely going to be a great event. We're going to open up the conversation about mental health. We have a um, Cal Botterell. He's an Olympic psychologist, worked with many Olympic Olympians, and uh, he's going to be our keynote speaker for the night. Emily's going to be sharing her story. Um, we're working on getting a, another great speaker there, but it's just going to be a great night for people to talk with others, meet other people, and talk about mental health. Well, Montana, I appreciate your time uh, tonight talking to me about this, and best of luck with this fundraiser. Yeah, thank you so much. Tomorrow night at Investors Group Athletic Center, or GAC. It's the 2019 4A High School Girls Provincial Basketball Semifinals. The final four, 6 p.m., 8 p.m., the two games followed by the same setup for the boys' semifinals on Friday. Title games Monday at GAC, where I'll be doing the CGB Sports Show live. The boys' final four is all chalk. Top four teams. That preview comes tomorrow night. But on the girls' side, there have been upsets. None more so than the 10-seed River East Kodiaks knocking off 7-seed Vincent Massey and then stunning number 2-seed Dakota 76-72 in the quarters. We're up against three-seed Sturgeon Heights in the semis, and Coach Evan Cox feels a bit uneasy about facing the Cinderella team. It's a little scary. It's a team we don't know very well. We uh, saw them first game of the year this year and have not seen them at all, even been in a tournament or any other game with them the rest of the season, so they're a bit of a, a, bit of a wild card for us. Is that So to those who may not know, there's the regular season play, but there's a lot of tournaments as well in high school basketball. Yeah, there's a lot. We played, our team played six this year. Um, I'm not sure how many Riveries played in, but uh, we had a full load this year. I saw their overall record. They'd only played 21 games. Yeah. And I think you guys have played a lot more than that. Around like 32, 33 this year. Yeah. So 
how, I guess, how does that affect your pre preparation? Um, it, mainly a little bit more focusing on us of what we need to do uh, to play our best game versus trying to worry too much about their personnel. I think just trying to play our best game is what uh, we're going to be looking to do uh, Thursday and hopefully on Monday. So how long have you been coaching? Uh, with our varsity girls team, this is my second year head coaching it. Uh, I coached our JV boys team at the school for about 10 years and just been involved with basketball for about 15. So to, to get this close to the championship game must be pretty exciting. It's exciting. It's back-to-back -back years for us, uh, Final Four. So we were here last year, had to run into Oak Park first round, which uh, is a daunting task. But uh, yeah, back-to-back -back, uh, Final Fours is a great, uh, great achievement by the girls. It's, uh, last year was our first time, and now uh, we're back where we wanted to be. And one more step to get to that provincial final. So what's the strength of your team? Uh, strength of our team is our athleticism. Um, we're long, we're fast. Uh, Anna Kernahan, our point guard, is, I, I feel, the best player in the province. Uh, she's dynamic, she can do everything on the court, is a great defender, great leader, um, and offensively she's outstanding. Huskies went 24-6 and six in the regular season, and as Coach Cox mentioned, they boast Winnipeg recruit top-rated player in the province in Anna Kernigan at point guard. And then there's the Kodiaks, 14-7, and seven, and while few expected them to make it here, Guard Morag de Koning doesn't care what other people expected. It feels pretty good to be here, yeah. Um, we definitely worked hard to get here, so we're happy to be here. Going into the tournament, though, as the 10 seed, was there like a, kind of a, an expectation that it might be pretty hard to get to this point? Yeah, we definitely thought it would be hard to get here, and we're here, so might as well keep going. <laughs> So your opponent, tell me about what you're going to have to do to win. Um, we're definitely going to have to move the ball faster so the defense has to move. Otherwise, we won't have any shots open. And uh, your team, though, what I guess what has your team been able to do to get to this point that, you know, as the 10 seed, people weren't expecting it. What, what changed in the playoffs? Our defense, and I, def I think people were coming in too confident, not expecting to lose against the 10 seed. But since we've been working hard in practices, we've been getting better on our defense and not allowing them to score. So that's the nightcap at 8 o'clock, Sturgeon Heights against River East. The first game pits two-time defending champs Oak Park, the number one seed who won their quarterfinal by 50. Yes, 50. Taking on five-seed Glenlon, who got past four-seed Sisler, 72-61 in the quarters. Oak Park has lost one game all year. It's their 11th consecutive Final Four appearance. So I asked wing Emily Johnson if there's any pressure being the one seed. Um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure because we've won the past two years, but I think we just need to play the way we've always played, and we'll just try our best. And So what grade are you in? 12. So you know what it's like to win then? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been on the team for the past two years. So as the number one seed, uh, tell me about your opponent in the semifinal. Um, Glenlon is an amazing team. They have lots of great players. So I'm really excited to play them. They'll give a really good challenge. I'm really good friends with one of the players, Lana Shippen, on the team, so it's fun to play against her. Always always have some friendly competition with her. Is that kind of the nature of this tournament now? You know you know a lot of the people on the other teams? Yeah, I know lots of people on the other teams, so it's really fun to play against all of them. We're all good friends, but we always like to go at each other on the court. So, What's the thing your team does well? Um, we just, we're very unselfish. We always pass the ball. We always make the right play. We never, like, we're not a one-person one team. We're a whole team. What do you remember about the, the last two championships, what that was like to win? Um, it was really great to win because our team works hard all year. and It's just a really great reward for the entire team at the end of the season. And we all just, we work really hard throughout the year. And it's just a good way to end off the season. What about you? What's kind of your strength on the court? Um, I just like to, 
I just like to run the floor really hard, box out hard, and just drive to the net when I have the opportunity. So the Glenlawn Lions have their work cut out for themselves. 22-8 and eight this season, coached by Brian Kornberger in his 36th year coaching high school basketball. I think it's made our preparation easier. Um, the girls uh, consider it an honor to play against Oak Park. Uh, we have great respect for their team, what they've accomplished, their coaching staff, and we're just going out uh, to try to win the game. And it, it's just an honor to play against them. That's how we're kind of approaching it. What does it take to beat a team like Oak Park? Maybe nothing can beat Oak Park, but I think to, to have a chance, you have to keep your turnovers down. You have to try to take care of the rebounding or at least break even. And you have to stop their full court game because they break out better than anybody in the province. And all of those things are easier said than done. What is it that they do so well? Everything. They play pressure defense. They move the ball. Their spacing on offense is the best in the province. And they have little different plays and out-of-bounds things that they do that are a headache. How much do you enjoy this time of year? Love it. And I'm especially looking forward to Thursday because I'm so proud of our team for being here. And Coach Brown and Coach Kitchen of Oak Park are two of my best friends. And just to have me down the... the a few feet down the court from them on Thursday night is going to be special. Again, Glen Lawn and Oak Park, 6 p.m. tomorrow, River East, Sturgeon Heights at 8 o'clock. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. <laughs>